Think you hate marketing? Think again. Here on the Marketing Chat Podcast, I share practical, relatable tips to make marketing easy and fun. I'm Kelly, a marketing strategist, Squarespace website designer, and founder of the Women Podcasters Academy. I'll be breaking down big ideas into actionable steps so you can get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook, everything your business needs to get it done. Manage projects, book clients, send invoices, and get paid all on HoneyBook. Use my link in the show notes to get 50% off your first year with HoneyBook. Do you get overwhelmed by social media? Do you spend what feels like endless hours on Instagram and still see no results? I've got a treat for you today. I'm interviewing Nicole Porter about easy social media strategies to increase your business. She's going to break it down into simple steps that you can start taking right now so you stop wasting your time and start getting results. Nicole Porter is a chocolatier turned digital marketer and mom of three boys. She helps small businesses navigate the large and overwhelming world of social media by focusing on what's really important. Nicole helps small businesses create awareness for their brands, connection, and real conversation with their customers. And most importantly, she helps drive traffic to websites and brick and mortar locations, which ultimately equals more sales. After getting a degree in marketing from Assumption College, Nicole spent 10 years owning and marketing her own small chocolate and ice cream shops on Cape Cod. Once she had her sons, Nicole decided to switch direction, get back to her roots, and focus on marketing. Having been a small business owner for so many years, she got a passion for helping smaller businesses get their products, services, and their message out into the world. Welcome, Nicole. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. This is going to be so much fun. I mean, let's talk chocolate first, can we? Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So a chocolatier for 10 years. Um, that just must have been amazing. I mean, who doesn't love chocolate? So yeah, super fun. <laughs> have you gotten sick of it? <laughs> and how did you get into being a chocolatier? Oh, my goodness. So um, I have not gotten sick of chocolate. Absolutely not. Um, and I think probably stepping away from the day-to-day making of chocolate helped that, but, uh, there's so many combinations. You could never get sick of it. Um, and many moons ago, you know, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always kind of wanted to have my own thing. And, um, it was actually, uh, my high school sweetheart's, uh, family owned a chocolate store and I spent a lot of time there. I fell in love with it. And, um, you know, this is before I went to college and everything. And then later on, I had the opportunity to kind of get in with um, another chocolate shop. And so I took that opportunity and things just went from there. And it's just always been a um, passion of mine. I've always been, you know, interested in baking and sweets and just love spending time in the kitchen. So it was a it was a nice transition for me to go from college to chocolate making. Wow. Wow. And so, okay. So while you were there um, in the Michael Gerber book, the E-Myth Revisited, Mm -hmm. he talks about the three types of essentially entrepreneur that each entrepreneur contains the visionary, the technician, and the manager. Mm -hmm. 
And so you had to do all three of those. And for like, you weren't a solo entrepreneur because you were managing people and businesses. But like solo entrepreneurs, I like to say it's like, you know, the visionary or CEO, and then the doer who's like the technician who, you know, what you got into business to do. And then like the systems person, which would be the marketing and the back office stuff and all of that. So like, did you find yourself gravitating more toward one of those? I mean, you loved making chocolate, but you love marketing, but you had to be the CEO and, you know, the visionary. So was there one thing you particularly loved doing? You know, I, I do think it was that CEO visionary role, which might seem, you know, contradictory where I'm in the marketing field now, but um, I've really always loved big picture thinking. Um, and I really, even though, you know, I would spend a lot of my day to day literally dipping chocolates one by one in my kitchen sometimes. Um, I, I liked the big picture of thinking bigger, you know, how do I market this? How do I come up with different flavors that people are going to like, where are the trends going with, um, chocolate? And, you know, at that time, I ended up doing a lot of kind of off the wall stuff. We do um, chocolate covered bacon and different kinds of like sea salt and um, like flavored sea salts with the chocolate and spicy because that's where the trends were going. So for me, it was exciting to kind of see where things were leading and, and look at the big picture um, of the industry, whatever industry that might be that I was in at the time um, has always just kind of come naturally to me. So definitely that, that CEO visionary piece was, was the best for me. That's awesome. And that really sounds like a great combination of all three, because you were looking at the big picture, but then the chocolatier is coming up with creative flavors and the marketing person is looking at the trends and how those flavors would sit with your customers. So what a great combo then really putting all three together like that. So that's yeah. awesome. That must've been a lot of fun. It sure was. Absolutely. So then how did you move from chocolatier into your passion of marketing? So that is a story. Um, so I, when I went to college, I got my degree in marketing. So I've always loved marketing. Um, and when I opened my first brick and mortar shop, my oldest son, who's almost 15, uh, was only two. And then I had my second, my middle son. And I thought, you know, it's really hard to be in a brick and mortar location and have children. So I moved my um, chocolate making to my home kitchen. And I would, like I said, literally be in my kitchen all day. I would, you know, it's a big setup, big cleanup, hand dipping chocolate. Um, and then I had my third son and I thought, wow, this is really labor intensive. And at that point, um, I had actually had people asking me about social media and email marketing. Um, I was in a BNI at that point because we would do a lot of corporate gift giving. Um, and the mortgage broker that was in that BNI asked me to come to her office and teach her how to use Facebook. And she, so I went down there and plan. I taught her everything that I knew. And uh, then she paid me and it, <laughs> and it clicked in my head to say, 
wow, you know, people of other people had started asking me, you know, I see your Instagram posts, I see your Facebook posts, I, I get your emails, you know, can you teach me how to do that? Can you, you know, give me some tips here and there? And because that's how I was marketing my entire business once I moved it to my home kitchen. And so once that mortgage broker asked me that, and I thought, you know, this would be a much better fit for me, for my interests, for my uh, stage of life that I'm in, having children, I would be able to be a little bit more flexible with my time. Um, and so that was when I made that switch. Um, once uh, my youngest it was about a year old, um, I went full time into uh, marketing and left the chocolate world behind. Oh, wow. Very cool. Well, and you can always make chocolate. <laughs> Whenever yes. you want, just for you, friends, family, parties, whatever. So Absolutely. At least you have that skill. Absolutely. Yep. That's fantastic. So why do you think people get so overwhelmed by social media? You know, it's a lot. Like it's a lot more than just posting a picture. Things change so quickly. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons um, that the the rate of change is so fast and it is very time consuming. So I think between those two things, people get very overwhelmed and they just back off and they say, you know, I'm not going to do this or I'm just, I'm going to do it when I remember when I feel like it. And then that time often doesn't come because <laughs> they don't feel like it. They get very involved in their business. They're very good at doing what they do. And social media ends up taking a backseat because of that overwhelm. Yeah, very true. I know we'll get to your tips in just a minute, but I'm imagining that you're going to suggest putting a system in place. <laughs> yes, that is definitely in tip number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's so hard. We'll talk about it then. But people don't like systems, even though uh, one of my guests uh, a, while, a few months ago, Shannon Gaither, said that uh, systems set you free. And it's just so true. They really oh. do. I completely agree with that. Um, even having a creative mind and enjoying that part of things, if I don't systemize things, they don't get done. Um, I'm addicted to my uh, Asana project management system. Yes. I, I use that all the time. It keeps me on track. You know, I have a lot of repeating tasks in my business. And so it's very nice to be able to use it as a rotating to-do list. And it really helps with, you know, that day-to-day -day getting things done. And if you don't have those systems in place there, it's not going to happen. It's just going to go by the wayside. Very true. Yeah. I use it for big client projects and uh, even for guests on this podcast, just uh, a little gnat. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, reminding myself, okay, send the scheduling link. Um, write the outline, request bio and photos, um, record, edit video, blah, 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 all of those steps. And I remember them for one person, but when I have 20 people scheduled, then yeah, it's nice to have them all right there in Asana and the lifesaver. Yeah. Absolutely. That's totally great. agree. Okay. So, um, how about wasting time? on social media. Um, you know, they, people just aren't seeing real results. And I mean, I'm not even using it to its full advantage, social mm -hmm. media in general. And I know, and again, so let's just jump to your tips because I'm probably, 
<laughs> I was going to say that, like, I have one primary platform, and that's mm-hmm. Instagram. And I've been told, okay, get on LinkedIn too. And I'm on there, but I don't post on there. So yeah, let's get into your tips. Because I was going to say, you know, I've heard like focus on one, and maybe I haven't chosen the right one. So, mm-hmm. okay. Let's uh, sure. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I put together three main tips uh, for your audience today that I thought would, you know, have the, the biggest results for them. And, and we really start with basically what you were just asking is you know, focusing on the right places and having a strategy in place. So what I find is a lot of people, they feel like they have to be everywhere or they're showing up in the wrong places because they're following the latest trends. So they're hearing, you know, they're following blogs or they're following people on um, social media. And they're say, people are saying, you know, TikTok's the next big thing. Clubhouse is the next big thing. You have to be doing reels on Instagram. And that is great if that's where your audience is. But if you're putting all this effort into Instagram or TikTok, and that's not where your audience is showing up, then you're going to be wasting your time and you're not going to be seeing those results that you're looking for. So my number one tip is really focus on your audience. Show up in the places that they are showing up, where they're hanging out. And if that's Instagram, that's great, but you don't don't feel like you have to be on Instagram just because it's the next upcoming thing if your audience isn't there. My audience is on LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my time because that's where my audience is hanging out. So really making, making a strategy, creating a strategy, focusing on where's my audience hanging out? What type of content are they consuming? So that kind of goes along with that TikTok, that the reels. Those are very popular forms of content right now. And people are watching them. But really take a look at is your audience watching them. So you want to, and a good way to do this is just to look back and at your posts and your videos and different things you put up and see what people are responding to. That's going to tell you right there. Who's, which posts are people commenting on? Which ones are they liking? Which ones are getting more views? And then just do more of that because you know your audience is responding to that. If you're on you know, four different platforms, but you're really seeing people engaging on one or two, then you know that's where you really need to focus your effort. So make it about your audience, show up where they are, and put out content that they really enjoy. So that's tip number one. Is one of your tips going to be about how much time to spend? I actually did not include that. In one okay. Of so, so can we can talk about, about that. that with yeah. us? Okay. Yeah. So, um, because I think it goes along with picking one or two platforms to focus on because earlier you said, you know, you can spend hours a week and, it's so true. So it is a lot of time. And the more platforms you're on, the the thinner you spread yourself and because you don't want to spend that much time doing this. And so it's more scattershot and you're not going to see as good results, are you? Because you're not as focused as you could be on the one or two. Absolutely. And I think I could probably bring that into tip number two a little bit. Um, So tip number two is 
to stay consistent and batch out your content. And so I'm a big fan of putting your social media planning and scheduling into your weekly schedule every week. Mm -hmm. And I think if you give yourself an hour to set aside, you know, whatever, whatever day is best for you, Monday morning, Wednesday afternoon, whatever it is, and put an hour there and see what you can get done in that hour. And then that's it. Focus on that and then shut it off. Um, And I really think if you're focusing on one or two platforms and you're putting content and you're batching your content, so you're not waking up every morning and saying, what am I going to post today? What am I going to do? It's a much more strategic approach. Um, And I I would start there. And, and when you know you have that time limit, you say, okay, I've given myself this hour, you're going to be so much more productive with it because you're not just sitting down saying, okay, I have to get this done. And I know it's something that's a part of my business. It's an important thing that I have to do. And then, you know, you're really focusing, right? Then I think that's the word of the day, <laughs> focus. Um, and but batching out your content and being consistent is huge. And when, excuse me, when your audience and the algorithms know that you're consistent, they're going to reward you with that by more reach and more engagement. Mm -hmm. So definitely stay consistent, batch it out, put it in your calendar. Otherwise it won't get done. So, you know, for me, it's Saturday, every Saturday morning at nine o'clock. It's when I do my own social media. I had to make myself one of my own clients to do it. And that's when I batch it up. So every uh, you know, every Saturday morning, I'm doing my social. And otherwise, it wasn't getting done when I first started my business. So mm-hmm. it's very important to do that. That's Did awesome. that answer your question about the... Yes, it does. Now, we'd still need to go on later and spend a little time replying to comments and that yes. type of thing. But that's that... actually tip number three. Oh, okay. Okay. So then let me back up (laughs) and ask, is it okay to use social media schedulers? Yes. I'm a big fan of using social media schedulers because if you do, again, if you don't, oftentimes you'll put it to the wayside and you'll forget about doing it. So I like to use Buffer if I'm using it for LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, if I'm scheduling for Instagram or for Facebook, I'll use their in-house business suite. So Meta has um, a business suite. It's free to use. It's great. It has a lot of tools in it now. They've really, since the new year, it's um, really come a long way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great tool. So um, I use that. You can use it and kind of post the same thing to both platforms and just tweak it a bit for each one if you want to do that. And it will give you a little bit of um, preferential treatment with the algorithms because they like things to stay in-house. So they're very proprietary. And if you are taking people off of their platform, they're not going to make as much money from advertising. So the more you can keep people on the platform, the more you can use their tools for Meta, which is Instagram and Facebook, um, they, they will reward you more with further reach, more engagement. That is good to know. (laughs) I've been using Meet Edgar for Mm -hmm. 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then I do it manually on Instagram, uh, sorry, LinkedIn, which I haven't been good about doing. Yeah, I, I mean, Edgar is a good one, but if you're able to use the free tools, I always yeah. recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe just move, do move LinkedIn and Twitter. Twitter actually has their own in-house scheduler as well, which you can use. So okay. if you want to go free all the way, you could do buffer for LinkedIn use Twitter's own in-house scheduler and then use business suite for um, Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Wow. Thank you for that. That's fabulous. Okay. (laughs) You are making it simple. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I was already batching the, the, the batching I do um, I need to do more posts that are just uh, not random, of course, because it's, you know, Mm -hmm. strategic, but I mean, what I do now is a Monday post and that's like about Monday and goal setting. And I do one for my Tuesday podcast and my Friday podcast. So I need to do some others in there. But um, so I, I batch those mm-hmm. and so that helps. Yeah. Yeah. But and I, I think it takes some time to plan some others. A lot of times people think, they have to post right away when they, when something comes up. Mm-hmm. So with it, with batching, you can plan out your content. And so if something inspires you, you can post, but then you have that steady batch of content if nothing inspires you. But a lot of times people think something inspires them and they have to post it right away. And that's not necessarily the case. You can save that. You can hold it back and use that as one of your future posts. Um, I'm a big fan of keeping notebooks all all over the place for things and jotting down when something inspires you. And then when you sit down and you batch out your content, you'll already have that ready-made file of ideas that you can use for your future posts. So just because something comes to you, you can post it then, but you can also hold it back and use it mm-hmm. in the future as well, which is a huge help when you're sitting down. Oh my gosh, what am I going to post? What, how can I serve my audience this week? Um, if you already have that written down, it's, it makes it so much easier. That is a great suggestion. Yeah. And when you are, when you are struck with something and let's say you do need to post it that day or, you know, within like two days, because it's timely, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you would need to consider when your pre-batched or pre-scheduled post is going out. Don't you? Mm -hmm. I mean, should they be spread out a little bit? Usually. Does that matter? You, I mean, it depends on what your goal is. So if you if you have a post that's more evergreen and you're able to move it out to the next week, I would suggest doing that. But you're not going to break it. And I always tell people this. If you have a post that's going out at 7 and you're inspired and it's timely and you have something that you want to go out at 6.30, post it. Okay. You're not going to break it by having two posts go out back to back. You're just going to remind people a little more that you're there. And that's fine. People need to be reminded over and over. And I think that's one of the biggest things to remember. And I think people get very in their head about this, that they have to do it perfectly. And you don't. It's an experiment. You you do things and you see what works. Maybe posting back to back works really well for your audience and they love it. And it's something you should do more often. So 
And you'll know that by looking at those, um, those analytics, those when you see a lot of people commenting, when you see it reaching a lot more people, you know it works, and then you can do more of it. Um, but, you know, looking and seeing what works and, you know, posting when you feel like it once in a while, is fine. You're like I said, you're not going to break it. Right. And there is no perfect way to do it. It, yeah. it really depends on the business, the person, the goals. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's- uh, okay. okay. Strategy three or tip three. Tip number three is talk to people on these platforms. Um, and I think this is where a lot of people miss the boat. So um, a long time ago, one of my very first mentors said, this is social media. It is not marketing media. So it is very important to be social on these platforms. So in addition to putting your content batching into your schedule every week, I would put a little bit of time into talking to other people. And what I mean by talking to other people is going out and commenting on other people's posts as yourself or your business, depending on which platform you're on. Um, And that's going to reward both the person you're commenting on and you, because you're both going to reach more people. You're going to reach their audience. They're going to reach your audience. It's an algorithm boost for both of you. And it puts you in front of other people's audiences. So you're staying top of mind to their audiences as well. So this is such an integral part of social media that so many people don't take advantage of. They, they think they're going to put their content out there and people are going to flock to them. And that is not how social media works. These platforms are built for interaction and it's one of the main advantages of using them. It's very different than traditional forms of media where you would put out a newspaper ad, a radio ad, and that's it. It's static and you're not responding to people in real time like you can on these platforms. So when people go to these platforms, they're there to interact with you. That's why they show up. They want to have a conversation. So it really behooves us to take advantage of that and talk to each other on these platforms. Very true. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, people do forget to do it. It can be tough to do. I enjoy doing that. I, I make a point of commenting on other people's posts, even if it's just a quick, you know, great tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this post. I loved this episode if they're sharing a podcast or whatever mm-hmm. and why, you know, we always tell them why. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's great. Yeah. And it's, and you can make it very strategic as well. Um, When I, when we do this for our full service clients, we actually keep a spreadsheet and there are certain people that we will go and interact with every single week um, Mm -hmm. just to stay top of mind. And usually it's, you know, somebody that has a complimentary business. Um, So I'm not going and advocating poaching from your competitors. Absolutely not. (laughs) You should not do that. But if somebody has a complimentary business, like you and I, we can comment on each other and mm-hmm. it's going to benefit both of us. And it's yeah. fun. It's the fun part of social media is talking yeah. to each other. So if you put, you know, Friday morning for half an hour, I'm going to talk to these five people it can really go a long way with both of the accounts that you're, you know, mm-hmm. or those five people and yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, oh gosh, I was just thinking of something and then I was listening to you. So I've forgotten it. 
Sorry. No, no. Because what you're saying was great. Oh, that's it. Do you obviously, you know, you're in this business and you have full service clients for whom you do all of this work. Do you recommend that people hire social media consultants even to get this kind of personalized advice, you know, and then moving into being a full service client? You know, I think if it fits with their goals, then absolutely. A lot of people, they tend to, like we were talking about at the very beginning of the conversation, they get very involved in what they're doing and then social media falls to the wayside. I would say 90% of my clients hire me because they don't have the time to do it and they don't have the time to um, stay up with all the changes. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, that piece that people find very overwhelming. Um, and so I find that when somebody comes and works with us, they feel like a weight's been lifted off their shoulders. They don't have to worry about it anymore. And we take that off their plate. So I think if, you know, if it fits with their strategy and they're really trying to reach more people and be more visible and, and reach a broader audience, it can really help to have some support people that are staying on top of all the changes, they know what works. They're, they're looking at your analytics and saying, okay, your audience really likes this stuff. Let's do more of this stuff. And they can kind of guide you in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you have someone really good doing the full service stuff for you, they can write in your voice. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the areas we actually specialize in is personal brands and learning the voice of the people that we are um, you know, taking on so that they seem, we want them to be very authentic. We mm -hmm. want them to, that, that's one of the biggest things right now with social media is people want to see behind the curtain. They want to see, you know, the real people. And, you know, so we help get the real people out there. We help, you know, we, we encourage them, like, send me a selfie, send me a quick video. And then we're able to write the caption in their voice mm -hmm. and put the real them out there as opposed to a polished face that, you know, people, they don't want to see that anymore. They can see that on TV. That's yeah. social media is for the real, the real stuff. So that's, that's sort of a lot of what we yeah. help with. Yeah. We, you have to let your personality come through and be raw and, like you said, real, authentic, vulnerable. Yeah. Yep. Funny absolutely. if you're funny, quirky if you're quirky. Yeah. Whatever you, but don't be those things if that's not really you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, some businesses just aren't quirky. And, you know, there's some, service providers who shouldn't be, you know, I mean, that uh, I'm thinking of one uh, student in my podcasting group in particular, and um, she deals with baby loss and you, you can't be. Yeah. You know, that's funny. You're quirky in that, but yeah. others, you know, you can be, you should be, I mean, she still needs to let her personality come through, which she does, right. but you have to keep it more calm and compassionate and understanding. So there's always that to take into consideration, but absolutely, you know, you have to be the real you. So, yes, yeah. absolutely. And it's really that audience focus again, you know, she's 
you know, she knows her audience. She knows what, you know, she should be for them. And coming across as her true self, I'm sure she got into that for a reason. And, you know, so I'm sure her being her true self is really beneficial to the audience that she's serving. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing these tips that um, are really simple to put into place. Not necessarily easy because they're going to take some time and planning, you know, you have to really do them. But um, they're not hard. So, you know, thank you so much. Oh, I hope everybody can use them. I was very happy to be here. So thank you so much for having me. It was really enjoyable. And thanks for talking to me about chocolate. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my God. All day. (laughs) So how can people find you to learn more about you or to work with you? So um, on social media, my two biggest platforms are LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Monomoy Social Media and um, on LinkedIn under my name, Nicole Porter. And I love to connect with people. I love to talk to people. I love to have one-to-one conversations. So I would welcome um, a chat with anybody. Awesome. I will share those links in this, uh, the show notes and on this episode's page on my website. Uh, link to that in the show notes, of course. Um, so thank you so much. This has just been great. Thank you so much, Kelly. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So y'all can leave comments on this episode's page on my website, and I will be back in a few days with another episode. So thank you for being here. See you next time on the marketing chat podcast.